learned like more about senses um like travel so the importance of travel in your work and yeah let's just you know talk a little bit about that so in our discussion prior to like this recording you did describe yourself as a correct me if i'm wrong um a gypsy was it african gypsy or um black gypsy african nomad that's it african nomad black gypsy so yeah yeah, let's go into that and just talk about how travel and culture is important in your work so um if you remember the beginning of this conversation we're talking about telling a story Mm -hmm. and you can't be able to tell a story without actually seeing or being inspired by other people in other culture so we have a saying we say uh, um, for, for our brand we travel telling by travel telling we need to make sure we travel without telling and back then back back in the day actually tellers they used to do these uh, travels they would pack up and uh, and go to different sort of like uh, vendors or to different customers to be able to create those these programming for them but on, on, on my side the reason i i, I um, call myself black gypsy or, be, 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 or african nomad because i really get inspired by all that culture and I think it's important, first of all, to see yourself who you are, where you are, where you live or where you're based, and also where you like to go, where you like to see. All that mix makes you a nomad, a gypsy, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. So I think mm-hmm. we, we, that's with the brand. We wanted to tell a, a, a worldwide story about craftsmanship, mm-hmm. and you can only do that by, one, mind traveling, Two, physical traveling. Three, connection with other cultures. By the time you're connecting with other cultures, you start realizing, oh, now I know why Tuareg, they use metal work that way. Mm-hmm. I know why they use that indigo. You start understanding all these different cultures because you actually physically see it, you research about it, but you also like, you deal with it on the first person base. So those, those travels, keeps us going in terms of our inspiration our creativity but also understanding of the culture and there's so much similarities as you can see in cultures yeah but we also as a people we innovate our cultures in many different ways so that innovation does what changes the cultures but there's so much similarity because once you look at it really on the fashion side of thing craftsmanship side of thing there's so so much they're all linked mm-hmm. so because of that we always tend to travel a lot to either create a work for a client or for ourselves or to, to inspire our collection, but also because I want to know about other cultures. I want to express my love for understanding other cultures. I want to be able to add sort of richness into me as a person, culture-wise. Yeah. Because you don't know about other cultures. You never really understand the world. You never really understand craftsmanship and you wouldn't really get inspired on a deeper level. And I think that part of me uh whatever job i'm doing even if it's an office job i'll yeah. never stop for me culture is very important um learning from it and being part of it and innovating it is really really key yeah curiosity and being curious came to mind when you spoke when you just shared because if we're not curious then we can't you know delve deeper and we can't know more and i guess by knowing more we also push our imagination further and allow ourselves to take our ideas to another level yeah so that's super interesting and connect with other people mm-hmm. really who you make one garment with someone in probably in mongolia can connect with you yeah like, that would be like more fashionable fashion crowd no but someone in mongolia 
Because remember when you was a kid, they used to wrap him with that cloth and da da da. And you know, like, it's that type of language. Because really, let's not forget, we're all speaking, but we're speaking through different sort of like uh, mediums. Yeah. Either writing, either photography, either garment, fashion, either, you know. But it's important to be able to do that because you're really connecting. And you're right, actually saying that. It's a curiosity. It's, it's, you need to be an explorer. Mm-hmm. An explorer needs to be a curious person to be able to actually discover more and more and more. Because there's so much we need to learn. There's a beautiful world out there we all need to see. A hundred percent. And also, like, the example that you just shared with uh, connecting with somebody from Mongolia, there's, there's also... Um, Within fashion, you also create as a way to um, express yourself, but you're also creating the um, like somebody else. It's always important to um, capture or think about within the process how the person wearing the garment is going to be like or what they're going to be doing while you're working it. Because it's never like fashion design is never one sided. It's never just about you. It's also about how can I um, make sure that my message is being understood by the viewer or how can I captivate the person that I'm making this garment for? Um, so it is like a two-way thing, basically, what I'm trying to say. It's you, the person who's creating, but also the person that gets to experience um, yeah. what you've created. And within your work, um, tell us a little bit about how um, about collaboration, as in um, when you're making the garment as well, but also how you collaborate with the person who is you know, experiencing what you've made. So this is a really good question. In fact, this is almost like, for me, it's how this collaboration. Not just throwing one name here, one name there. You're like, oh, these two brands collaborate together. Collaboration is really the process we do in, in, in fashion. From the first person, that farmer who have the, 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 the cotton, mm-hmm. while he pass it to the weaver to create a cloth out of it. From there to actually uh, be able to see that cloth and create a garment based on inspiration you get from that cloth and pass it to the factory. The factory be able to actually create your design, your imagination. And afterwards, you as a brand be able to sell it in the shop and that person you designed for it finally finds it. Mm-hmm. So just picture that, how far that thing came from. All yeah. that being a collaboration from all these people, the end customer. And I think the important thing, part of it, that if you keep everybody in mind, you're actually going to understand the power and the strength of what you're creating. Because sometimes people like your clothing, not just because your silhouette is amazing or your design is amazing. Mm-hmm. They feel like this cloth, oh my God, or this color. And all the stuff they're mentioning, they're mentioning all these people who created the very first part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the farmer, the weaver, the factory who makes the garments, you know, like, so all that is very important to consider them as the collaborators. Yeah. Until the person who buys it. That's the reason I was saying before in the beginning, for me, it's all about back and forth back and forth you know fashion photography fashion photography back and forth but also in this case it's also back and forth brand consumer brand consumer brand consumer or um farmer with a farmer it's all that back and forth you need to be doing back and forth with the same person you're working with to be mm-hmm. able to understand them and for them to be able to understand you to tell you the truth most of our our, our designs our new designs sometimes they're not even part of our designs they're not in our heads we only get to see that but with time we see a person wearing one of our garments, and we were like, oh, the way it worked, I never even thought, like, that I made that garment to be worn that way, and suddenly inspires your next design. Yeah. I remember we used to go to Japan, like, twice a year, and the way Japanese people uh, 
reinterpret that garment. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they'll wear it inside out, they wear it upside down, they'll, <laughs> they'll do sleeve. I mean, we're like, dude, is that our garment? Like, if we didn't have all these trades, we didn't know it was our garment. So, mm-hmm. great, great, great way of like looking in, into design and being inspired by yourself um, through something you created, but um, because someone else reinterpreted their own way. So, again, that's another way of collaborating. And consumer being able to use your garment to inspire to inspire you back and to be able to create something else um, for another consumer or for the same one. So that's another thing we call inspired to be inspired. Because I'm inspired, I'll be able to inspire you back, or you'll inspire me back. Okay, the, the back and forth uh, uh, effect. So it's 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 quite an amazing um, thing to 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 be able to have that type of mindset, to be able to free yourself in terms of like, okay, I'm gonna wait and to see how much. I can give back from what I just created. Yeah, a hundred percent. I also like the freedom that you, because um, it's easy to be offended when you see um, a design or your design being worn in a way that you didn't anticipate it. But I, I like the freedom that you kind of have and um, that you allow other people to to kind of like interpret your looks or interpret your designs in different ways. And that you're kind of, you're humble enough to be like, actually, that's that, that's pretty cool. You know, it's better than what I kind of thought. No, there's de- definitely, I, I, and I'm I'm the first to say, like, I'm here to in- encourage self-expressionism, mm-hmm. you know, believe don't know myself, and it worked on myself, and I need to believe to be one of those things to inspire me back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you no, know, every time people get it right, practice makes perfect. Exactly. So, it's actually a great thing to keep seeing people reinventing themselves, but also using other people's craft or garment or whatever, like, I think it's such a beautiful thing to really um learn the art of knowing yourself mm-hmm. so by the time you're actually there people that are not seeing that you were a, a red jumper that mixture of color because of your energy it makes the jumper look different so it's really it's really really more about self-expressionism so for me i'm i'm big big advocate for for self-expressionism and i think more more people need to be themselves even in this world of us being followers following many things but i think we need to also make sure that we're actually defining ourselves and having our own identity and be able to keep on doing that because that's that's inspiring to the world yeah and most um actually back to the same person who's creating those things in your time of like collaborating in, with different countries and different cultures what which cultural country has been like the biggest influence on you so far oh <laughs> you have to touch that uh, <laughs> No, I can't let people down because I have people from many different cultures. That's <laughs> what we do. Now, I'll tell you the truth. Like, I think for me, it's, it's almost it's hard to to point a country or culture. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm this person who I, I guess into something so deep uh, until it becomes part of me. Because I know someone might be like, "Oh yeah, why don't you were like into surfing? Now you're into this." It's not like I'm now into this. I'm not into that anymore. That became so much part of me. It stays with me. Then mm-hmm. I start kind of researching and exploring some other ones. So culturally, I have to say, all of them, they have equal impact to me. Mm-hmm. All of them. They have so much impact because I find links on every culture. And, and that's the amazing thing because by the time I express that to other people and see the way I see their culture, knowing my background, I'm like, you know, getting people to love their cultures back again, that's really key. Uh, I mean, there's so many cultures who are doing it right and who I learned so much from, really. I wouldn't be able to to pick any. Um, 
even though like I'm really proud African, I'm proud of my own culture, proud of being African nomad. That's the reason I call myself African nomad. Actually, I I know people say Africa is not it's a continent, it's not a country, and I agree. <laughs> but for me, I think Africa is my country. Like I can live from south to north, east and west. Like this is how I see because I love every single part of that beautiful continent, and I think that's kind of what really made me also want to look into other cultures and find the similarity for my culture. Um, but yeah, and I love, I love all the culture. Okay. <laughs> I know um, you're trying to, I can't do that. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to try. Um, how about, what, what one do you mostly refer, reference to or refer to a lot? Or maybe in the beginnings, which one, okay. which started the kind of, the journey of being inspired by all the cultures and countries that you're inspired with? Oh, so um, well, to say in the beginning, I think it's really more of the traveling culture, like being a gypsy. Mm-hmm. So because you are culturally like when you're a gypsy, people tend to to think that you don't have a country, or yeah. or they look yeah. at you in many different ways. But what you don't understand is like you bring something new to their culture, mm-hmm. and you teach people about the the prejudice, you know, yeah. for them to to understand it. But I think. Uh, I like when you can express yourself in a culture mm-hmm. and without look at it as a freak or as a as a weirdo or as whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned that mostly in the beginning was really more because more than culture subcultures, I was really into like a, the, the the punk subculture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, through punk subculture, I start learning about other subcultures like very very strong to the the rude boy subculture, you know, mm-hmm. which got me to understand more about. The, the West Indians moving to to England, but also just like the whole reggae and and and, and, and that side of the culture, even the spiritualism. But um, I think in terms of like in the beginning, what I was really trying to do is just trying to express myself who I miss um from home, really. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, I start digging deep into uh, different cultures, and, and 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 I just kind of uh globalize everything into one. And make made a gypsy culture. I see. I'm um, going back onto what you said in terms of um, almost being a a. I don't want to say activist, but um. Yeah, please don't. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, um, you made the reference of going into a culture and um, almost challenging prejudice and challenging discrimination. So, being that person, what do you? How, how would you? advise somebody who's 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 probably wanting to do that if that makes sense so um because it's easy right now in the world that we live in to just to just go with with the general so to go with the majority rather than going with the minority but it's it's I'm finding it interesting how you mentioned that because you know how do you get that courage or how do you get that motivation to say you know what I'm coming into this space and I'm not trying to blend into the space but I'm trying to to almost um, not stand out, but be the difference, or be the change, or be be true to yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me again, it was I wasn't really paying attention on the people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like what they seeing, what they think. I was literally just focused on myself, on me, on mm-hmm. like how I wanted to be portrayed, and yep. that's very important to 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 know as a person. Like for me, knowing that. I'm presenting myself where I am putting myself at this level. I'm making myself be respectable mm-hmm. and I'm making it be understandable 
and I'm making myself almost approachable, but mm-hmm. also um, almost true to myself. So then yeah. I wouldn't have to overthink what I need to say or, or overdo what I need to say or, or, or hide or, or trying to not show. Like, I always be a person where I thought, first thing I need to learn is how to be proud. Mm-hmm. Proud is the key. Like, proud is the word, really. I, I felt like if I'm proud of what I'm doing, if I'm proud of who I am, if I'm proud of, like, I know that I'm doing something, me, myself as a person I like and I love, that kind of just motivates the next step. And I think I didn't look at other people. For, for me, it was no need to look at other people. It was mm-hmm. other people being them and doing them. So for me, it was like, again, self-expression is, who am I? Who I want to be? Yeah. Who do I want to see? And how do I fit into this place? Even though I, I'm not doing it to fit in. And whatever happened, uh, future will tell. So I literally just made sure that I came to the world and said, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I do. And there's no change in me. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm respecting what other people are doing. Even yeah. the ones that didn't like me, I still respected them. Even the ones that still felt like this is a bit weird or too much or too this or too that, I still respect them. Because of me being proud and being respectful to the others, it just made me really just stay on my own lane. So there was no need for a beef because I'm respecting people. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to mix myself into so much bit because I'm staying on my own lane. I'm being me. Yeah. I like that. I like the, you know, respectable, um, understandable, kind of approachable and true to yourself. Like those kind of four words really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, you answered my question there. <laughs> that was a trick question. <laughs> and yeah, and I think one thing as well that on top of like your aesthetic to of, of your brand and everything, what really drew me and like made me so excited about um coming across your um your brand is the fact that you see correct me if I'm wrong you guys see yourself as you know a collective you're not just a fashion brand but you're also wanting to express yourself in the different areas of artistic expression that it's not just clothing yeah correct yeah because at the end of the day once once you you kind of start creating things culturally mm-hmm. you can't keep it to one one art form because if you're only expressing culturally uh, in fashion way and other people are interested in different things, um, they won't be able to see that part. This is the good thing about being in this industry because I met, so, I met so many different people and some people, they have no interest in my fashion side at all. They like the way I do things, but they much more want to understand why do I many different cultures and how do I reinterpret uh, some other culture that like, like I lived there for ages, like, I went to Mexico and I was speaking Spanish, but because I was I lived in Spain before, I learned Spanish. But by the time I went to Mexico, my Spanish it wasn't sound like a Spanish from Spain. It was sounding Spanish from the local point of view because I spent time with locals. Mm-hmm. And I think they're sitting there. I'm talking to, let's say, living something that has nothing to do with fashion. I'm talking to a teacher, mm-hmm. and he was so intrigued on the connection of like how much there is of Africa in Mexico, and I was intrigued to see how much there is Asia in Mexico. All that culture mix is like, dude, I was just in Africa because of you, but you see in Asia. So again, the link creates there, it becomes a bigger conversation. So then we feel like, oh yeah, we need to express this to more an academic place. Mm-hmm. We need to give lectures. We need to talk, you know? So it, it was never my intention to just do fashion or even to do fashion. Mm-hmm. My intention was the actual culture 
forward my, 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 from my point of view. Yeah. And I, that side of my point of view, it also has a lot to do with other people think the same. And then we just start connecting the dots mm-hmm. and learning along the way. And I think that's kind of what was really uh, the idea of us creating a collective. It was never, oh, let's do uh, collective science cooler. Or let's just give into fashion. Now it's like, let's give into self-expressionism through everything culturally. Mm-hmm. And then whoever is into whatever it is, they're going to connect with us. That's the reason there's all these mix of, um, of sort of gender, age, race, who are part of our collective or part of our world. Because... It's really not about saying, oh, this is just for young people. Oh, this is for old people. Mm-hmm. This is for women, men, for black. You know, it was literally just like cultural on actual self-expressionism level. And everybody wants to express themselves, right? Even though sometimes you might start as, oh, yeah, because I like this person. And let me just try to be like them. But then later on, along the way, you're going to realize, oh, the reason I like them because there is a link with my family, with my culture, but I also, I am me. And from there, you start expressing yourself through you, but through you also... A different set of art form so i think collectively we're really more created by that but also just because there's a lot of things we need to do we feel like it can't be done if we don't have connection with other forces you know that's the reason we kind of created this associate creative friends on our collective um to make sure that other other people are also part of and I, I guess like it also highlights how fashion is not just like the business side, but also how it how it's so much wider and how being within the fashion world or being or thinking in terms of um clothing or the process of fashion, I forgot what I mean to say, it kind of takes you into different fields. It's not just yeah. about making, but actually when you decide to be curious and when you decide to just involve, immerse yourself in that part of cultural history that you're studying, you find that you, you know, develop a different language or you meet different people and you learn about their history and you learn about their culture and you learn about, um, I don't know, agriculture. <laughs> um, yeah, it just definitely highlight that. Yeah. And obviously the brain is always ready to learn more. Mm-hmm. So if you don't give the brain that chance, you won't be able to actually learn more. So other than like natural resources or the aesthetic of Africa, um, what else do you think African art and culture can offer to the Western world? Oh, that's a really good question. You are one smart young lady. So <laughs> the, all these things, I'm only learning them now. And, and I have to say the truth, I'm learning them now thanks to people such as yourself. Mm-hmm. Young people today are digging deeper than also what we could actually dig. Um, there's much more in Africa than just what uh, what we've been told, what we've been showing through media and propaganda. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of just got me really interested. As the reason I was saying before about Africa, like if I if I, I, I go back, I want to live everywhere in Africa mm-hmm. when I go when I go back. And because of that 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 way of looking at Africa, there's also um, uh, there's also like a deeper sort of thing with with our, our history. And I start realizing like things I've been seeing around. I'll be like, what this is so dope. And I'll be, you know, why I always liked, uh, let's say, I always liked Ch- Chelsea boots. I was like, oh, Chelsea boots is amazing. Like, I wear boots all the time. I got probably about 10 of them here. In my house. And then when I went to Morocco, I realized it was the same shape as Babouche. <laughs> and I was like, Babouche comes from like years and years and years before Chelsea boots. Yeah. You know, I was like, I can see where most of the African inspiration comes from. And how people actually just 
adapted to their culture and the to pop culture. Mm-hmm. So more and more I dig into my own culture, I start seeing things we were in the modern day now, which are linked to my culture about from like probably 300 years ago or 500 years ago. So it becomes almost like you need to cherish your culture because mm-hmm. what you do as a person, you're always going to have it with you. I'm part of a diaspora group, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm here, people think I'm not from here. When I'm there, people think I'm not from there. But I also carry something very much uh, beautiful, which I, I keep cher- cherishing. When those moments happen that I see something in in Japan, mm-hmm. and I love it, I was like, wow, why do I find such a connection with this thing? And then I find out, like, because there's this link with the spiritualism, which happens the same in Africa, it's the same ceremony, it's the same, you know, and you just start seeing your culture more and more as you see uh, things in other cultures. So to tell you the truth, every single culture I've influenced from African culture. Mm. Yeah, every single culture. Because we all know how everything started. So that part just got me motivated and, 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 and keep on digging much more on the continent and seeing what other stuff are there. Like culturally, we probably do stuff naturally without realizing, mm-hmm. which is people can call either uh, uh, spiritualism, they can call either um, sort of like dietary or all these sort of different things. Like we do back home naturally. Because of that, now I understand like, oh, why these, uh, what does what does people do fasting? What does, you know, all, all these sort of things. And only because I start looking toward my culture more and more. So anything I see now they're interested in, I research back to Africa. And then I find the result. I find the conversation behind it. So, yeah, there's much more we need to learn about our content. And I think um, I'm really realizing that it's more than just art, or it's more than just uh, fashion, aesthetic, or, or or the thing you see here. Here we probably don't even see we don't even see a five percent of our culture. Mm. Yeah, and we ourselves as diaspora kids, we don't even use five percent of our culture. Yeah, we use what we've been presented here. Take example, one of the things we did at the exhibition in Sweden about African cloth, African textile, sorry. Once soon anybody who's listening to this, as soon as I say African textile or African fabric, people think of wax, right? Yeah. So by the time I was doing the research for this project, there's probably more than 30 African textiles, you know, and starting from north, like talking Morocco, Niger, all the way to south, all the way to Madagascar. Mm-hmm. So many different types of cloth, nothing to do with wax. So we don't really dig deep into African culture as such. We deal with what, you know, what being commercialized, what we presented here. And yeah. same thing with the music, like this, there's all these different genres, the music um, we've been doing, like there's so much, so much in that culture. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still very much learning, so, yeah. Yeah, you've highlighted an important part when you mentioned like the 5% that there is, you know, it's such a big continent that there is so much more that we can um, we can delve in and we can find out than what we already know so far, like in terms of the arts and the craftsmanship, that there are many, many more different types of fabrics and textiles that we haven't had a chance to tap into or discover. Or um, I say discover as in us, the diaspora, coming in from the outside, not necessarily, you know, natives, because to them it's just like, you know, it's there, it's there every day. Um, First quality, but even natives too. Yeah. Hidden from them. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're not looking into what they have there. They're looking into what we're doing here. Yeah. People living in the world. 
So they're looking into what the black diaspora are doing here. They're looking into all that for, for them to be able to embrace it back. Yeah. Back and forth effect. But sometimes it's the wrong one because they're looking at, oh, yeah, now people are proud of being African. We've got a wax fabric in Europe and America. And this time embracing wax again. It's like, no, that's the wrong way of embracing. Now dig into all the God, Bogolan, um, Shintenke, all these different fabrics. Yeah. Dig into what we have. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely like the history of yeah. of not just what's what the Western diaspora and the African diaspora in Western cultures are doing, but also what you know African natives in you know the 1600s or the 1800s were doing, and really tapping into that as well. Yeah, and that helped me also. Like even when I started, I was looking into all these gypsiness, the gypsy world being. Mm-hmm. I was looking. Hold on, so. If I say gypsy, it might sound offensive for some people. Obviously, we know how, um, how bad the language used to be back then, how people use all these words to, to call a certain group of people. Yeah. But then, I, let me research an African nomad. That's the reason I say black gypsy, African nomad, because I want people to understand the reason I call myself black gypsy. And it, it took me all the way to, to a Tuareg, Tuareg culture, mm-hmm. one of the most creative culture in Africa, one of the most amazing aesthetically, culturally, spiritually uh, tribe in Africa. And these people, they start from Niger, mm-hmm. the North Africa, they go all the way to East Africa. So, passing north of Mali and north of Nigeria. And you know what happened when you're nomad? By the time you travel to all three different cities, you start picking the tradition and the culture of every single different city. Mm-hmm. So, Tuareg are the most fascinating people, tribal, or group of people in Africa. Um, as far as I'm concerned. That's the reason I, I studied them deeply. That's the reason I, I picked a lot from them. That's the reason I'm still looking into that part of the culture as probably one of the most um, amazing and intriguing because, again, there's so much to, to, to explore around Tuareg. I see. Yeah, and I think you're very much in the present time reflecting that as, you know, describing yourself as the African nomad because you two are traveling. But you're not just traveling in terms of the continent, but you're traveling like globally in terms of Japan, Sweden, and Mexico. And yeah, I think it's it's safe to say maybe that you've definitely kind of become that yourself. Yeah, also man traveling, you know, yeah. we need to make sure, even especially now during this COVID time, we all sort of quarantining somewhere else at home or whatever. But you need to make sure our mind is not being locked, our mind is still traveling, still yeah. searching, still out there. Where you need to be yeah 100 percent. and i think that's a power or a a luxury perhaps that we we neglect our imagination and yeah. mind yes you, you said you said it right it's a is a luxury we neglect yeah luxury in itself because often also when we express ourselves or define luxury people really don't understand it but yeah that's a luxury in itself yeah thank you <laughs> no worries <laughs> um yeah, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our discussion. Um, That's too bad. I was enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what advice would you have, or do you have, for um, young designers slash creatives navigating um, the fashion slash creative? I don't want to say industry because it's not like yeah. your story. It's not just about the industry. It's also about you as a person and, like you said, your 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 artistic expression. Um, yeah. We won't say industry. We would say fashion and creative. Um, so not yeah. get in those spaces. If you communicate yourself right, you'll be able to understand what other people are saying right. Mm. If you communicate yourself wrong, you won't be able to 
So it's really important to like communicate on a sort of a clear manner. Like, you know, there's a line, um, there's a line I'll leave you just with that. Uh, one of my favorite MCs, Andre 3000, obviously people can always guess. Uh, and there's a line he says, I don't know if I'm gonna quote it properly, but he says, there's a line he says, we just resonate with me since I was young. And I think that helped me to move forward. He say, I don't drink or smoke so I can be ready to get to get the signal clear. I'm misquoting it anyway, but is that something about like he stay focused so he actually can get a signal clear when the time comes to get a signal? Yeah. They give us a signal, but we have our tensions elsewhere and we don't see it. And you miss that time. You miss that once. You're still emphasizing the idea that, you know, we're um we're sending things out in the universe, but we're still also needing to be ready for when the universe is ready to send something back to us, that it's always a two-way. That's it. You got it. It's literally, you're actually making me learn from my own words. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll be able to get a signal back. So you have to always be ready to get a signal back, which means your mind has to be pure, clear. Your body has to be ready to be able to move us forward. Yeah. If it's today, the alien comes and they want to take all of us to a better world, as young people need to have their mind clear to be able to understand what the aliens are saying. We won't be able to understand them. We're dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I get that, yeah. <laughs> Aliens and dinosaurs. <laughs> um, I think I've, I've also kind of come up with two ideas, so we can throw this in the mix as well. Um, so looking back at your career, on your career so far, um, could you share, or if you have um, any that come to mind, a highlight or an, and a challenging moment, if you're happy to share that, and kind of, just give us some wisdom on how you dealt with them and perhaps why they were a highlight. So I think my highlights have to be, actually have to be the social media, weird enough. Because again, as I said, like we analog kids, so we weren't ready for social media. But the reason is we've been creating just for creating. Obviously, it wasn't just for creating, but we were creating because we wanted to express ourselves. We were shooting our own pictures, making our own stuff. So by the time the social media came, Everything we presented was very much original from our point of view. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking social media like blog and Tumblr era. Yeah. So where people was ramming people's stuff, we're creating our own stuff. But it's not like we were creating it for Tumblr. We already created it before Tumblr. So by the time we start bringing them to that social media uh, platform, people could relate to it because it was very original. It wasn't a regram or, or, or anything of that, that, that manner. So I think that part was really... They had, like to be able to like have a work ready, presented it, and straight connected with a group of people. So I remember when I spoke to people and showed them my Instagram, they were like, you have so many followers. Oh, no, no, oh, no. This. And I was like, I don't really pay attention to followers. I think I just connected with so many people because of that, that switch from analog to digital. But having work ready, it get my digital platform a bit more buoyed. Yeah. So that definitely was uh, was a big highlight for me. Um, again, it's switching from dinosaurs to alien. Uh, and I think the downside, I have to say, I wish I focused more on the business side. Mm-hmm. That's because everything becomes a business nowadays. Yeah. Did a lot of things. I put a lot of things out there, which is beneficial for people, but I didn't look at it in a business way. Again, it's never too late. So. No. <laughs> What is the end goal slash vision? Maybe perhaps not so much. Maybe I mean, if it do, if it does come in line and um, the business, but your staff as well. Like, 
think the end goal for us is to create the STA Foundation in each city we've been, nice. or each city like. So the idea of STA Foundation is this hub where you have uh, creatives to be able to learn from each other, to be able to also have a platform to present their work, but to also be able to interact, really creating almost like so-called a heaven for creatives, mm-hmm. but at the same time open to the public. So meaning a massive space where you can have, uh, it's almost like a lab, you can have uh, workshops, you can have studios, you can have a showroom or a shop, you can have a gallery, you can have uh, a coffee, cafeteria space, but I would love to create that in Africa, in London, in France, in Japan, in the States. So the idea of actually having SEA Foundation is to be able to say, we are all connected. Mm-hmm. It's almost like creating uh, an academic space but from a self-thought, uh, experimental uh, side of thing, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does, and that sounds so exciting. Yeah, so you'd be one of the first to know as soon as we have some few investors coming together and open our first one in London. Nice, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, really for us that'll be the end goal, and I think it's important to keep telling people that there's so much we need to learn from each other, and we have to keep teaching each other, but we need a space for that. Yeah. So that's physical space that again we go back to the same thing in the beginning that touching mm-hmm. that the sense you know to be able to uh have all the senses nice and having that you know sharing of um of culture of of collaboration of exchanging um experiences and you know just sharing what people are doing is would be a good space to to, to have because i think in the creative yeah. industry especially we need more community and we need more um people sitting with each other and talking about it not not it just being you know a secret thing that I was working in my in my workshop and now I've done but throughout yeah, the process we're sharing from beginning to end yeah because at the minute we are students and teachers at the same time mm-hmm. so we really need to learn each other. yeah and I think it's important to be able to be you know I'm a person who kind of feed off of energies and I think we need almost a, a universal language energy yeah energy connection a hundred percent and that's exciting and I wish you and your friend um, all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much. This was the second part of my conversation with Sam Lambert. Thank you for listening. Designer and all-round creative Sam Lambert and his friend Shaka Maido are founders of the artistic collective Art Comes First. You can check out their work at artcomesfirst.com. Follow the collective on Instagram at artcomesfirst. You can also follow Sam on his personal Instagram account at blackgypsies. This is the final episode of the first season. I want to say a very big thank you to all of you for listening. Starting this podcast has been a steep learning curve for me. And I'm very grateful for all of you for sticking with me despite my inconsistent posting schedule. I have really enjoyed this podcasting journey and hope that you will continue with me. If you haven't already, please follow the podcast Instagram at I went to fashion school podcast. I will be back in autumn with the second season. I hope to see you all there. Until then, stay safe, keep learning and creating.